Hi everybody, I'm Deacon Dave. And I'm layperson Lisa. <laughs> this is the Deacon Dave and layperson Lisa show. Welcome to the Deacon Dave and layperson Lisa show. She's tired today. Yeah. Welcome back everybody. It's uh, part six of what we think could be nine. Okay. But who knows depending on what Lisa decides as we go along and how long this takes. So today we're talking about the poor and the vulnerable. And what's really exciting is we have Ryan and Sam clamoring in the background, putting down stone for a walking path at the uh, St. Clair of Assisi Retreat Center. We tried to invite them to be with us today, but they said no. Uh, they're a young married couple, and they're out here dedicating their time to the retreat center. So we do appreciate them so much. So Lisa, the poor and the vulnerable. Yes. That's my wife says, the vulnerable. <laughs> One in six Americans live in poverty. That's incredible. I mean, so you're talking about like 15 to 18% of all Americans live in poverty, which I'm not sure what the poverty line is, but I would imagine it's below like 22 to $25,000 a year. Yeah. I mean, many years ago, it was less than that. And so to think that people, uh, families, I mean, families of three, four, five, and six people are living on uh, incomes like that is, is hard to even imagine, Lisa. Yes, it is. So the poor deserve... <laughs> Sorry. We're supposed to be serious when we're talking about topics like this. Yes, so. it's, yes, I'm just delirious. It's okay. Poor, the poor deserve particular concern because of their vulnerable position. Right. So, what do you think makes? Why are the poor in a vulnerable position? Um. Well, they don't really. Maybe they feel like people don't care or look down upon them. I think you know, at least where I am in my my state of life right now, I've certainly been blessed. And I think it's really easy. I remember, I remember when I was in college, and I was living on my own, and I was eating ramen noodles, and rice and cereal, and that was my diet uh, for a number of years. And I was working three jobs, uh, all making minimum wage, and going to school. That didn't turn out very well. But just that idea of of, of folks that have to work uh, very hard, and and then even um, to see people that are homeless. Uh, that don't have a place to go uh, and there's a variety of reasons for why that happens uh, and we never really know the reason why and it's not ours to judge why uh, but it's ours to do what we can um, to help those uh, that are poor or uh, in need mm -hmm. and then it, like you were saying like um, people who are less fortunate maybe they're just eating ramen noodles or cereal and they're working three jobs that's not a very they're just pretty much existing they're not really um, living their life Right, you know, and at the same time, um, when someone can can work for themselves and take care of themselves, you know, that's where their human dignity is elevated as a result of that. Uh, but there are many circumstances in life that happen to people uh, where they're not even reaching the line of poverty. Mm -hmm. And the poor deserve preferential love that gives priority to the poor and helps trans helps transform unjust social structures. So do you think we have some unjust social structures out there? Sure, Lisa? yes. Any uh, I, don't know. I don't know, I couldn't give you an example offhand. Right. Um, I don't know, do you have an example? I think that uh, often, I think one of the things that will come up is number one is that there's a big divide between uh, the wealthy and the poor. Oh yeah, okay. And, and I think that that continues to uh, uh, widen that gap. Yeah. Uh, I think that also in this pr particular season that, that we're in right now, that is one of the biggest questions is, you know, should, should the wealthy pay more taxes? 
Uh, should it stay the way it is? And you'll find people on both sides of that argument. I think the most important thing, Lisa, for us to remember is, is that we are called to share whatever it is we have uh, and to give as much as we can give. And as a business owner, I give in a lot of different ways. Uh, number one, employing people, helping to pay for their benefits, and to do all of those things as well. So we're all encouraged to do as much as we can uh, to help elevate everybody uh, in terms of their opportunities for life. And in fact, I get a lot of I get a lot of joy out of being able to uh, to do that and to provide people with a job uh, so that they can get things done and, and earn a living and have a good life. Nice. And there's different forms of poverty. There's poverty of the soul, where people feel hopeless about life. Can I speak on that one for yes, a minute? Yes, you sure can. So I just did a homily and uh, a couple of other things over the last week or so about hope. And a lot of times we think hope is wanting a good outcome or, or a happy ending. And the reality of it is, is, is all of those things are temporary, you know, in a worldly sense. The things that we may want to find happiness about, which you'll get to in a moment. Uh, but ha hope is something eternal, yeah. and that eternal hope is found in Jesus Christ, uh, who goes beyond just our life on earth, uh, but for all of eternity. So we have to keep our eyes, Lisa, on that, and it's really hard for people to do that um, when they've gotten to that hopelessness in their life. Yeah, when things just don't go their way. And it seems like it just kind of rolls downhill yeah. from there yeah. and, and keeps getting worse. And so part of what I told my parishioners this past weekend, and St. John Paul II said this, he said that part of hope is what, how man uses his gifts in bringing about hope in the world. So we are called St. John Paul II. It's his, it's his uh, Memorial Day today. How about that? And yeah. we're bringing him up. See how the Holy Spirit works? I know. And, and so it's part of our job is to bring hope to the hopeless. So what other kinds of poverty are there? Poverty of addiction. Possessions Ooh. of the world needs humility, which is a virtue to avoid pride or ambition. Yeah, so... Oh, not, so it's not addiction necessarily to drugs, but right. maybe to material things. Exactly. And, yeah, and how or often, power or whatever. And how often do we, we, we ask people, well, what's, what's your number one thing in your life? Is it, is it your job? Is it your car? Is it your success? Or is it God? Right. And so when we uh, you know, start wanting other things more than we want God, then that's that's not good. Our priorities are screwed up. Exactly. And then poverty of the spirit. Ooh, the Beatitudes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, blessed are the poor in spirit is the, the opening salvo yeah. of the Beatitudes. So that right? means dependence on God, means we continually empty ourselves. I love that, and that comes from Philippians chapter 2. Uh, although he was in the form of God, God did not deem equality with God, uh, God, uh, God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, mm -hmm. taking on the form of a human, uh, coming in human likeness. So we're called to do the same thing, too, because if we don't empty ourselves, we're not going to be able to be filled with God. Right. If we're filled with possessions and agendas and everything that we want to do, we're not going to be filled with God. So that sort of poverty is actually good. Because it's basically all about detachment. I like that. Detachment of all the stuff that yeah. we can't take with us right. uh, when we pass through the portal of death right. um, into eternal life. Right. Detachment can be difficult, though, can it? Yes, it can. Very can. Very can. Very, <laughs> Very can. Very well Very can, can be. Can. Yes. And then material poverty, which is lack of sufficient material needed for the basics. 
And we, um, you talked about this early, the gap between the rich and the poor is getting bigger. Right, and we talked, I think, last week, too, about the basic human needs uh, for everybody, food, health care, warmth, a place to live. Yeah, two weeks ago. And, you know, just right here in the neighborhood where we're at right now, uh, there are people that are homeless. Yeah. That are sleeping in the bushes um, or on porches or wherever they can find. Uh, so even right, right in your own backyard, uh, you can probably find people uh, that are struggling because of material poverty. And I didn't know this, but 80% of people live on less than $10 a day. That's pretty amazing. So we see, we're in the United States. Yeah. So we've, we're, we're a pretty wealthy country. Yeah. Where there are a lot of other countries that people aren't making that much money and are living a much lower standard of life, if you will, than what we do here. So yeah, that's kind of stunning, isn't it? Very. So when we start to complain about what we don't have, uh, maybe we should gain some perspective. Yeah, 1.6 billion people do not have electricity. So there's about 8 billion people in the world. Yeah. So that means 20% wow. of the people. I get upset if my power goes out and flickers and I can't watch my cable TV <laughs> show that comes on. Yeah. Yet 20% of the world doesn't even have power. Oh, can I tell you a quick story? Of course you so, can. And our listeners. Oh, yeah. You. Um, so in Jamaica, um, it's a very poor country. And, uh, you know, I've been there a few times. And when we're driving to the hotel, we'll see, like, these little shacks that people live in. And it's kind of funny because, well, I shouldn't say it. You can see the flicker of a TV. So at least they have electricity. They have electricity. But, like, the people there are so joyous. It's, it's we once, um... We were out on a boat and it just started to pour and you couldn't see anything. And I was like really scared we were gonna hit like another boat. But the the driver and the I guess skipper they were just singing songs and like joking around. So it made me feel like less calm. But like the joy they have is um, amazing. It is, and they probably uh, might not even have running water. So a lot yeah. Of so they told um, they told us that they have to do their laundry on a scrub board right yeah and there's a lot of places where they have to walk miles and miles to get their water and then bring it back yeah so we uh you know we just turn on our spigot in our house and we get all the water we want yeah. hot or cold yeah so we're, we're a very privileged country uh in in every aspect of that work yep and 28 percent of children in developing countries are underweight so that means that they're not getting enough they're not food. eating enough yeah right and that's 28 percent yeah of the kids. Yeah, and it's almost a third. Yep, that's a lot. Yep. And like you were just saying, half the world has water problems and inadequate access to water and poor sanitation. Yeah, so it's one thing to have water, but is that water something you can drink or is it going to make you sick and kill you? Right. Around here, you know, all our water is treated and uh, when we use the facilities, all of that goes to a wastewater treatment plant and gets taken care of properly. Uh, where there are other places in the world that they don't even have uh, a they way. They probably still have outhouses. Outhouses and holes in the ground, yeah. and uh, it's a totally, it's just totally different than than how we live out our lives here in the United States. And many do not have access to health services. And that's that's a big deal. I mean, there's a lot of countries that do have uh, universal health care uh, and health care for everyone, and there are other countries where health care is just not even accessible. And so when you get sick or something happens to you, it could turn into something very serious or even deadly because you're not getting the proper care you need. Uh, 
for for what would now be maybe a simple illness here right. is something that deadly. could actually deadly somewhere yeah. else. Exactly. And then we hear about the poor in both the Old and New Testament. So the parable of the Good Samaritan is an example. All right. So do you remember that parable? That's when the guy got beat up and his money got stolen. Well, right? and, the, and the priest came by. And, and they walked by. He went across the street and walked by him. And then, um, the Levite came by, I believe. And walked by him. And then the Samaritan came, who was like stereotypically the enemy of that man. And he took care of him. He brought him to an uh, inn and paid for his care and said, hey, if he needs more care, I have, I'll pay you more. Isn't that wonderful? And how often have we probably had the opportunity to do something like that and maybe we've taken that opportunity or other times we've passed on it yeah well lisa i, I got bad news for you is that, is it's already it? been 12 minutes oh, okay. so i think we're going to have to finish this up the next time because we still have to talk about the corporal works of mercy and the spiritual oh, yes, works of mercy and yeah. consumerism and all kinds of lots stuff lots of stuff okay so our that, series just got longer it's going to go now we're going to be on episode what seven of ten coming up next i think so we're just going to do part seven and call it we're just, we should not keep track we should just be like here's our episode. just part one part two and just until we're done yeah all right i'm deacon dave i'm layperson lisa see you next time bye bye the views expressed on the deacon dave and layperson lisa show are our own and they're not that of the diocese, nor any person or organization affiliated or doing business with the diocese.